Hi. Hello, and welcome to Film Babble. This is the podcast where Charlie and I um, watch every movie on the Sight and Sound Top 100 Greatest Movies of All Time. Heck and yeah. today, this is a very special episode. We have a guest, Kamala, our good friend, our buddy, is here with us. Say hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. Welcome, Kamala. <laughs> No. <laughs> no, you got it. It's great. How you doing? Doing good. I got hit by a car on my way over here, so... Did you really? Yes, yes. you did. Did you save that? You didn't. You weren't going to tell me if the podcast started. <laughs> I actually forgot about it. Oh. <laughs> I told Antonio when I came in. Was and it bad? Yeah. On. Um, no. Good. That was the one that hit her. <laughs> yeah. On the way here. You should have seen the other guy. <laughs> Dead. Dead. <laughs> I hope not. He cried. I hope not. Did he cry? <laughs> oh no! How hard? It was sad. Oh, that's yeah. why I was like, "It's fine." <laughs> yeah. Like, prostrate himself before you. Genuflect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, bowing as if to God. Well, Kamla, we usually have with our guests. We usually have you like introduce yourself a little bit, talk about your what- relationship to art house movies, and you know. Um, this this list. Are you familiar with this list? The sight and sound list and all that stuff? Yes. Yeah. What do you think of it? Um, this is my favorite list that's come out, actually. Yeah. Cool. It, like, when that ranking came out, I was like, this one speaks to me. <laughs> so, what can I say? Yeah. Um, well, I, th- I'm really excited to have you on, as we said before we started recording, because that's something that I've known about you, that you like these movies. One of your favorite movies is Beau Travai. As a, um, we've discussed our our feelings on Bo Travai, and um, this movie that we're gonna watch today, Spirit of the Beehive, is also one of your favorite movies, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So like, this is totally up your alley. I'm so excited to have you on the show and to like, you know, soak in the uh, the wisdom that the wisdom. that you're gonna bring, and it's gonna be really great. Okay. Antonio has like the widest eyes right now. I know. Now. I make eye contact with the... <laughs> the, the manatee? The manatee, yeah. <laughs> oh. um, yeah, so... What else? Anything you'd like to share? Yeah. So I went to um, Chapman University and I got my master's in film studies. So like a lot of the films on this list I have run through in classes or are just personal favorites of mine. Um, I think the top one for this list, Sean Dealman, I wrote my um, capstone on that film. Cool. So yeah, I love mm. that one. Um, there's just a lot of great notions that I think these films, like this specific list brings up to a general public that is not so seen on like other like top 10 top 100 list um, yeah so i think that's really special yeah cool awesome cool. um spirit of the beat what did we do last week we did uh pierre lefou pierre lefou have you seen pierre lefou i have the dvd yes cool she has the criterion the out of print criterion dvd oh yeah, <laughs> yeah when i was over i was like dude this is crazy it's like not nice though my cat I don't know if you noticed, he buried it in a pot of dirt, so it has like it was like a little dirty, dirt, but I was like, dirty. whoa, like it's yeah. it had some age. That's a rough one for me, but that's okay. Yeah, were you so. just furious at the cat? Like, Fuck you. He's a little onion. The yeah. black cat, you can't be mad at him for too long. See, that's onion. the correct answer, man. People that get mad at their animals, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? A cat, like if a cat like knocks something over, 
you literally got a cat like what are you yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i can't believe you did that when i get a cat it's going to be very well behaved (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna have a chore chart for the cat (laughs) (laughs) i absolutely will dude's gonna be paying rent what uh, how about you what do you how any residual thoughts about uh pierre lefou um i haven't thought about it a lot since we watched it um that was i don't know i just haven't thought about it a lot Hmm. but i still enjoyed it i still think it would be worth watching again um i think you know with his movies they throw they throw a lot at you make you like uh, i don't know throw you off balance Mm -hmm. a little bit and i think especially with pierre lefou we we were doing a lot of just like reckoning with it yeah you know what i mean for sure um but no i haven't felt any urge to like jump right back in with it but no i mean i i still liked it i i didn't have this uh revulsion to it that i think i can have with some godard stuff when Mm -hmm. he you know and like awfuls and kills an animal on screen then i'm kind of like done um but no, I'm I'm kind of I'm alright with it. You know? Cool. How about you? Um, I've had a lot of like the imagery and some f- like just like abstract things about it that have kind of been swirling around or that were for the few days afterward. Um, I've just thought a lot about the color. Like I think yeah. the 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 way that the film looks is so special, and that has kind of stayed with me. Yeah. And I feel like it's one of those movies that afterward I was trying to yeah reckon with and and um like understand for myself my experience of and unsurprisingly like in the days after i was like oh i really liked it and i really want to see it again i feel like that's usually how it works i'm i'm like stumped by it and then it kind of Uh cooks in my brain and and that's how it felt does it feel clear to you now um Maybe. I mean, the conversation we had, I feel like, illuminated some stuff for me. Yeah, but, definitely um, for me. But I, th- I I, have a feeling that I'll watch it again and enjoy it a lot more than I did the first time. Yeah. Rather than just appreciate it. And I am I feel like the more I do, we do this podcast, um, the more I kind of realize, like, um, I think with these kinds of movies that can, like... Um, Put you off in a sense, not in, in a negative way, but in just in its like content and its form. It's like, you know, um, having someone to talk to right after you see it for an hour is so helpful. And and like, because I don't know, I, I'm sure there are times where I've seen a movie and just been like put off by it and only had myself to like deal with it and just have these thoughts knocking around in my head that I'm not like processing necessarily you know yeah in out loud vocally and um i'm really lucky that i'm able to do that with godard because i feel like i could easily go the route of like fuck this as and and especially in the way in the beginning of the show like we would make a lot of jokes about how i hate godard and everything but like that episode was really great i think to just like Okay, well, I have to talk about this for an hour. So, Uh like, let's get into it, you know? Yeah. Cool. 
I agree. Agreed. Anyways. Um, yeah. Have you seen a lot of these movies alone or like, do you find yourself talking to people about the movies that you love or do you feel like you just think I about them? I think so many of these films that got me into film studies, I watched alone. So actually entering a class sphere where we had to watch it and talk about it was very new to me. Mm-hmm. So it's still not like something I prefer, to be honest. I really enjoy watching a film, stepping away, letting it wash over you, mm-hmm. and then returning. Yeah. Because I think there's this there's this tendency to like demand analysis. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of films, maybe not a lot, but I think a certain amount of films don't necessarily need that. It's mm-hmm. more of something that you can just let wash over you and that you can feel and experience in like a phenomenological sense as opposed to overanalyzing and pursuing a specific meaning in every shot mm-hmm. or color or something like that. And I think Pure LeFou is one that I was very happy to watch alone and then just sit in it for a little bit. Yeah. And then you can revisit it. That's for me. But I don't think that's true for everything, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So. I, but I think that's a really good, I think that's a really good point. And I think that that's, that's something I really appreciate uh, doing as well. Dep- I'm sort of dependent on the film, but I think with certain films on this list that are a little bit more like visceral and emotional as opposed to like literal or realistic, mm-hmm. like Tropical Malady and Pierre LeFou, I feel like mm-hmm. it, in the first half of our conversation, you can see us really like just contending yeah. with yeah. that experience. Absolutely. And I feel like it, it gets, it like loosens Silences. up by the end, but we don't, I don't feel like we ever really reach anything conclusive. I yeah. always, like for the next few days and until we meet again and then summarize what we've, what we've uh, yeah. thought about it since I always feel like it's still like twisting yeah. in my brain, yeah. which is cool. I mean, I mean, I, I've, I've lo- still loved every film we've watched mm-hmm. um, except the leopard, but I really liked it. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, I think it, uh, if it hasn't, if it's not clear with, with the whole like premise of the show, um, you know, we're on episode what fucking sixteen and we're saying this. Fifteen. Fifteen. I'm sorry, Mr. Hershey. Um, you know, the we Charlie and I and Kamala today are watching these movies freshly. Um, well, at least first time for you and I. Um, today in this specific instance, but we're watching these movies and recording this right after we finish watching it, and it is not a uh concrete thing yes i'm not arguing against that i think there's so much (laughs) merit in doing exactly that oh yes yes i do think when you do something like that i remember this from like my class years Mm -hmm. where you it was like the four hour long classes you sit down you watch the movie everyone's exhausted afterwards (sighs) no one wants to talk to each other and then you have to analyze it Mm -hmm. yeah like there's that just lacks so much soul and energy and stuff so uh, this is totally different but i think there is something about in those class structures you cannot expect students to watch a film and then know everything about it like that's so silly to me so what was the most heinous example of this if you can remember like what was a film that that you guys watched and then it was just like what um i think there were definitely two for me one of them was um gummo Oh, that was um, good or bad. Oh, I love Gummo. I absolutely love Gummo. But the conversation that ensued afterwards, I was Mm -hmm. like, what are we talking Uh about, guys? Like, this Uh is not. Have you seen Trash Humpers? Yes. They're showing it at the New Beverly. Really? On Friday, Thursday, Friday or no, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. I will not be going. (laughs) You don't like Trash Humpers? 
<laughs> it's crazy, it's dude. It's crazy. It's crazy. I, I mean, I don't know what to ma- say if I like it or not, but it's just such a dude. You know about this movie? Trash no, no. Either all. way, sorry. I think it's Total all tangent. Of Harmony Corinne's films like Gummo, Julian Donkey Boy, Kids, all mm-hmm. of them. I do love Spring Breakers with mm-hmm. all my heart, but I don't know if you can say if, like to like or dislike these films. They're yeah. like entities in and of themselves in totally. cinema, almost. Mm-hmm. So. Totally. Yeah, but the other one was Roma. Oh. The Fellinis or the Quaron? Yeah. Okay. People reacted, men reacted very poorly to that film Ah, in my class. Really? Very poorly. They were like, it sucks or they just had crazy. Yeah. And I I was like, this is kind of, it's not a film for a woman, but it's a woman's film. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of people begin to lose interest is when they see a film and they subconsciously assume or realize it's not for them but not every film needs to be for everyone mm-hmm. so i think knowing that is also good too Definitely. especially as an american watcher yeah yeah. So, yeah yeah i totally agree i just saw a film recently that's out in theaters right now mm-hmm. that i won't name but you guys what do you can... think they're gonna fucking come after you no i don't who I'm are just... you protecting it's barbie <gasps> i saw... love her <laughs> did you see the new one yes the new um, one. What do you... The movie. <laughs> well, I just felt like that was a really great example of a film where every, well, I'd say a lot of the the women that I've talked to about it and the, the that I went to see it with were like super into it. We had a really great conversation. I've been talking about it all week with people. And a lot of the men that I've talked to have been really lukewarm or negative. And it's like, this is so... I agree. I genuinely think that. I think so too. Because the film was about how the patriarchy is bad for everybody. I completely agree. So we all suffer. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of men just don't want to face that reality necessarily or don't want to like something that women like even. So Absolutely. And I think, I mean, it was so funny because I didn't expect to feel this way, but like watching Barbie, there were certain things that were said and like jokes made at like mm-hmm. Ken's expense and Alan's expense where I was like, ooh, that was about me. Yeah. Oh my. And it kind of stung a little bit, but it was fun. It was exciting. It was kind of like I was here with, you know, people that I love very much. Yeah. Uh, and they were just loving it. And it was so clearly for them and about like yeah. their experience and trying to speak to them. And I was just happy to be there and to be yeah. a part of that audience. Um, and also, it's just yeah. a great film. I also think when you, not to be this person, but when you experience those little jabs and stings at your own expense, that's how women have felt for centuries in media. Mm-hmm. Like, it's basically a role reversal. So I think that's what's so cathartic about it for so many women and so painful about it for so many men. Yeah. Because it's simply a role reversal. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, Spirit of the Beehive. Did we introduce this movie? I don't think we introduced it. Um, it's from Spain, 1973. Yes. I didn't know that. Um, I don't know anything about it. Victor Erice? I think it's just Erice. I don't think Arise? there's an accent over the E, oh, but I might be No wrong. tilde. Um, I haven't seen this movie. <laughs> I don't know what it's... I think it's about a child. A uh, child's imagination, maybe? maybe? I, yeah. A war? Don't mm. tell us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about it at all. I'd never heard of it. Um, Have you seen Span- any Spanish movies? Yeah, I've seen some Almodovar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boonwell. Uh, that might be it, well, frankly. He... Yeah. What? Well, Boonwell's like French and oh, Spanish oh. and you know what I mean? Uh-huh. But I like, don't know. I haven't I guess... seen any Boonwell. Um, yeah, I guess besides that, there's like 
This <laughs> just goes deeper. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I've seen a bunch of Berlanga. Um, well, I don't remember. I must. I probably have seen one or two, like probably. obscure queer films on Canopy from yes. Spain. But um, how do you feel about Spanish film? I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's that one called? I actually saw it at American Cinematheque and loved it. Um, the Buñuel film. The discreet, discreet crime, 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 crime yes. of the bourgeoisie. Yes, so good. I just love that shit. So good. Mm-hmm. So good. Almodovar? Not as big of a fan, but yes, I en- I have enjoyed the films. Yes. Mm, cool. Yeah, I feel I feel similarly. It's a little spooky. A little. You feel it inside. If hmm. that makes sense. Um, well, I don't know. Is there anything? Should we just get into it? Is there anything else left to? We should tell the audience that um, <laughs> Antonio neglected to tell Kamala how this works. <laughs> so she watched the film last night. So um, it's going to be really fresh. She's going to have a lot to say. Um, <laughs> uh, well, um, listen, no one's perfect. No, um, of course. I just really am sorry to all the. Li- I'm just, I apologize to Kamala. I apologize <laughs> to Charlie and the listeners of the show for ruining the fucking, episode. Just fucking it up. That right, conversation's Kamala. over. I'm like part of a therapy session right now. <laughs> Kamala, I just I feel like you always undermine me. You have to take over. What? This is going to be Kamala and I from now on. Is that why you brought her here? No, no. She asked. She asked to take over. Can I retire? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go on to the movie. All right, bye. Alguien a quien yo los puentes y escaleras animados que forman las cereras, las espirales invasoras de la reina, la actividad diversa e incesante de la multitud, el esfuerzo despiadado e inútil, las idas y venidas con un ardor febril, el sueño ignorado fuera de las cunas que ya acecha el trabajo de mañana, el reposo mismo de la muerte, alejado de una residencia que no admite enfermos ni tumbas. Alguien que miraba esas cosas, una vez pasado el asombro, okay. yeah, no tardó en apartar la vista. No, Spirit of the Beehive. Wow. So what did you think? What I think? What did I think? Yeah. Um, man, uh, for a while I was like, fuck, am I going to have to watch this again? Like, what the hell am I even going to say? For a while. I was like, what do I even do with this? And then, um, and then it kept going. And now <laughs> I feel like, um, like it, like it, it gives you a lot on that first viewing. A lot, a lot happened. <laughs> a lot happened, um, and uh, I, we'll get into it because it's it's hard to parse through. I think just in in my head, mm-hmm. um, but 
I guess um, I really enjoyed the movie. Um, I loved how it looked. I loved that it was so quiet and still... Um, it was quiet and slow and never boring. I don't think I drifted off like once, maybe once. I kind of was like, oh. but which is rare. I get distracted easily. And um, I was with it beginning to end, you know, I, and I might have a, you know, part of my family is Spanish. My grandmother, my grandparents are, were born in Spain. Um, so I couldn't help but imagine um, my grandma there. You know, she, I think she was born in Madrid, so I, I doubt she grew up in a village like this. Um, but she, uh, this took place in like 1940? Yeah. Um, so she was probably like a couple years older than Isabella hmm. during this. Um, so I... Um, felt a real connection to the the setting and the views the the sounds the colors the browns and the yellows the warmth the sound of the birds and the trees and the nighttime and um i, I don't know i i i think i was i was moved in a way that i couldn't um, be bored just with you know um, yeah I, don't, I could get, keep going <laughs> if you want me to but I, I I really really enjoyed it man wow like fucking rock solid movie dude mm. which is like feels weird to describe it that way it's not like it's a thriller but or anything but fucking just like there this this movie was made with like strong adobe building the walls it is like the foundation is so strong of this movie mm-hmm. every every aspect of it of the craft and the performances and the writing it's like strong and tough and and just really like um i wouldn't call it precise but defined like you there you can see like so many details just in the um it's a vague thing to say but like i don't know i don't know anything about too much about cinematography i don't know if it's the lenses or the camera but there's a real sharp quality to the images in the movie and you can point out, you can really see clearly the, you know, monkey on the dresser and the everything on the wall. You can like feel it with your hands. And, um, anyways, more about me. What else do I think? Um, Anna Torrent was lovely. Come on, help me out. Oh, Someone I else go. I thought you were going to ask a question. Yeah. <laughs> Cut me off. Just getting thoughts out. 
I just think it's really funny that earlier during the intro, I was absolutely trashing the need for analysis. And yet Mm -hmm. this movie absolutely demands it, specifically through its historical context, I think. Hmm. Um, And I mean, I just, first of all, Anna is like the most charming little girl. Like she's one of my favorite film characters ever, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think like it's so important to recall both when this movie was made and the time period it's referencing in terms of Francoist Spain Hmm. and totalitarianism. Um, And so I think that, so obviously Francoist Spain lasted 1939 to 1975. This film was made in 1973, takes place in 1940. Um, And I think it's so important to just reflect on what the notion of the beehive represents which would be, in this case, in my opinion, society under totalitarianism and the lack of personhood one has and individuality one has, which is why I think it's so important that Anna operates as that spirit by saying, I am Anna, or like, my name is Anna towards the end. Mm. Hmm. Um, Like, that's a huge part of it, is gaining your spirithood and gaining your personhood through totalitarianism. And 1973 was when this regime started fizzling out in a way. I believe he died in 1975. Um, and so there was Victor? much um, Franco. Oh. Um, and so there was much less censorship happening. Mm. So this film literally could not be made before 1973. Hmm. And yeah. a huge part of it is about censorship and how to avoid that by making this an allegorical tale. Wow. Hmm. That's crazy. I did not get even close to a political read on the movie. Yeah, it is 100%. I... Yeah. I I was I was picking up a little bit with like the the guy jumping off the train and the yeah well I, we shouldn't get that far ahead but um I, I was noticing hints of it and I've I would, I'm really into like Spanish theater so I'm mm-hmm. familiar a bit with the period because it yeah. obviously kind of cut off a lot of really uh, vibrant voices like Lorca and mm-hmm. um but I mean I. Uh, I also, I, I agree. It was good. <laughs> um, I found this beautiful, like just a, a God, just a resplendent film. Um, not to go from that really interesting contextualization to like, I don't know. Oh, no, just, sorry. I'm like, no, 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 That's awesome. What a great way to start this conversation. I'm like, I was just sitting here like, whoa. Yeah. That. Okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Um, so what were you thinking during it? How, how were you feeling? Um, I just, I was super, I felt kind of like in, in, enshrouded in the film. It was really, um, it like embraces you. It's really steady and methodical and like very, I mean about, there's, it feels very childlike, but through memory like there's a lot of that like bright-eyed curiosity and like looking at things but there also feels like there's a very real sense of 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 knowing mm-hmm. of knowing now what you didn't then mm-hmm. if that makes sense it's like a the like rupture of innocence almost like yeah what happens to frankenstein's monster too mm-hmm. oh yeah absolutely yeah. um and i just think that I mean, a, a film about children with performances as wonderful as this is, and like, I don't know, just live animals. I find that so there's so much joy to watching children be children in a film, mm-hmm. and like watching them 
explore and and like have fun together and be mad at each other and just be doing stupid child stuff that's so it's just so beautiful and it's like endlessly entertaining to me um so i i was like as soon as that as soon as we kind of hooked on to anna and isabel i was super i was like i'm i'm ready for whatever mhm i just yeah yeah and and I guess that's like my answer to your question. Mm-hmm. What I was thinking about, I was yeah. I was trying to figure out, you know, what's going on, and mm-hmm. like what are what are these characters doing, particularly adults. Yeah. Um, I was a little, I think I I was a little in and out at the very beginning with the mom's letter, so I was trying to piece that together for myself for yeah. the rest of the film. But it doesn't really matter that much. I mean, it matters, but I don't know. Anyway, yeah. I thought it was beautiful. I thought technically it was gorgeous, and mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's um, my, my well, first. What the the kids stuff um, on the experience of like being a kid or whatever. Um, to me, this felt like um, not necessarily the big, not big moments. Like most of the time, when you're when you're a child, that age, you have so much energy and you're learning so many things and you're changing every second. But you're usually with people. You're usually you know whether you're in school or whatever. You're going. You're going. This movie felt like those experiences you have like between things hmm. when you're when you're alone as a child. And you're not, you have nothing to do, but you're a child. So you're not thinking it that way. Like, like my, my favorite, some of my favorite parts of the movie is just Anna kind of like left to her own devices, not thinking about, or rather not, not actively pursuing something to, in my mind in a way that a child might be like, when they're with their parent or where they're being taken to do something, to do something. It's like when you leave a child alone, like in their house or in the yard or wherever they in grow the countryside. up. countryside. they're just kind of like, <laughs> they're kind of just in the yard. Like it, it brought to mind memories when I was a kid, just alone, like mm-hmm. in the backyard, like mm-hmm. looking around. Yeah, I think it very much taps into this very almost shared experience of a childhood naivete almost. Yeah. That it's really like, I don't know, it's, it does really tap into like memories and who we are when we're children and stuff. And then what it means is we slowly shed innocence by like watching Frankenstein or by like learning new things and having new experiences like with the soldier and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When did when did you first see this film? What was your first experience oh. with this film? And like, what was that like? I don't remember why I specifically chose this film, but I was in high school. I was like, I remember I was like, yeah, I was like 15, 16, starting high school. I got really into film for some reason. So I remember Pure LeFou was actually the first like film that I remember seeing like this. And then I was like, okay, let's go down this rabbit hole. And so then I saw like closely watched trains and the spirit of the beehive. So I saw that when I was younger and then I just kind of watched it 
on and off over the years and then mm. it actually came up i cannot remember which class it came up in now but maybe like 2018 2019 we had to watch it in one of my film studies courses as well yeah so i've seen it at this point like maybe eight times um it's one of my favorites but wow yeah cool yeah. And, and how did it affect i will you say time? i did not know the history about this film until maybe my third or fourth watch okay so the first few times i watched it i just loved it and enjoyed it and just felt so emotional and like filled watching it with like imagination and childhood curiosity and all these things that we don't really get to experience as adults anymore mm -hmm. um and then and then i saw it for class and then i was mm. like oh <laughs> so mm -hmm. ruptured yeah. innocence exactly <laughs> and the class talked about that context oh, i honestly don't really remember anymore but i mm -hmm. think um I don't know if we talked about its context, but I did remember learning about it for the first time. So I must have like Googled it or something like okay. that. So, yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that's that's really neat. I feel yeah. uh, this kind of I mean, this I haven't really seen anything else quite like this, but it did. Yeah, it brought to mind Yi Yi, of course, with the, like the childlike naivete and just watching this kid kind of explore and experience an, all these new phenomenon mm -hmm. phenomena phenomena and i don't know there was another one but i couldn't i couldn't place it but it's just such a beautiful spirit there's such a beautiful <laughs> spirit <laughs> the film has a beautiful spirit yeah um and it's yeah it reminded I, me of 70s bergman yes Does, do you do you read yes. that yes i do i mean it was made in the 70s in a similar time yeah, period yeah. so but yeah, just the quiet, definitely. like there's so such little dialogue yeah. in the film. Little, such dialogue, little dialogue, the slow kind of thinking. Um, I was thinking of Cries and Whispers a lot. And it's a very mm -hmm. different movie. Yeah. But um, just in terms of that pace that like. Have you seen Fanny and Alexander? No. Oh, that's no. Bergman's one about children. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. It's I think the feeling is similar in some okay. regard yeah cool it's on the list I think. Fanny Alexander it must be I don't know if it is uh, hopefully I feel like it is because I was gonna watch it I, think. I thought it was just persona and uh really I don't even think seven seals on the seven list seal isn't. I don't think Fanny Alexander's on the list oh sh well yeah, that'd be, be kind of crazy I have the DVD though if you want to borrow it yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see it Stay I don't have a DVD five hours fight, but yeah oh, did you watch the TV version or the theatrical cut the three-hour <sighs> cut they made I did the three-hour cut. Yeah. Um, I watch that every year for Christmas with my dad. Wow. <laughs> yeah. There's so did your dad, like, get you on those movies, or were you just, did you do it kind yourself? Kind of. I think it was both. I think I expressed interest, and here he, like, is, he's always been very open to and supportive of things that could be outlets or facets of my personality for me or where I could go in life. And I think film, I was very excited about that. And so he definitely like introduced me to some films. Then I was able to kind of pursue it on my own. But I do have to thank him immensely yeah. um, for kind of creating an open door for me in that regard. And also, I think he's, I mean, both my mother and father have been incredibly supportive of me going into film studies. But yeah, um, yeah I definitely think I wouldn't be where I am now without that prior like engagement with film in high school that i had cool so yeah right on man That's shout out to kamala's dad man yeah thank you philip thurtle <laughs> <laughs> i i think that's so beautiful i i think 
you know, if I tried to watch this at 15, it would have been completely impenetrable to me. In a way, it was. I was kind of going off of, like, the mood of it and how uh-huh. it made me feel yeah. more so than actually, like, what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> right. So, yeah, totally. And I just loved it. I think I just love Anna so much. So, yeah. 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 She's um, such a delight. Yeah. Really. So what do we think about those parents? <laughs> we don't think of them. I was no. a little just like, okay. I was going to say, well... When we were talking about, you know, the human experience, the shared experience of childhood, uh, it made me think about the scene with the dad. There's a, at one point in the film, Anna and Isabel's dad takes them out foraging for mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And the the part that, that kind of hit a chord with me was when he points up to a mountain that's kind of shrouded in the mm-hmm. clouds. And he's talking about his father and how his father taught him how to look for mushrooms, which ones were safe, which ones weren't. And he says, up there, that is the mushroom garden. And that is where the best mushroom grows, the chanterelle. And and they're like, why can't we go up there? And he's like, it's too far. You're, you're weaklings. You're weaklings, yeah. But, you know, I'll take you up there. Just don't tell your mother. And I, ah, oh, that was just, as a kid, and, and then there's a, another shot of it. And I can just imagine being a kid, and it's like, there's nowhere in the world I would rather go more than there. Yeah. Yeah. The mysteries that it holds. Mm -hmm. Like it's, that's such an amazing scene. Yeah. It's a great scene. Really captures that. Like the wonder and the, the benefit, the positive kind of expectations Mm -hmm. your parents can instill in you and adults can like activate your, your curious, your curious mind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, for those, at home who haven't watched the movie. Um, hmm. I would say uh, it's worth, it's really worth watching. It's a great movie. I don't know how I'm thinking just of the people in my life who I know listen to this. I don't know how people are going to respond to this. It's yeah. just so slow and quiet. And I don't know. How do you feel about that? I feel like, obviously I love it, but I mean, I feel like when I think about the people I know who would watch it and I think about my experiences watching it, I do think compared to the other slow cinema films I've enjoyed in my time, I do Mm -hmm. think this one, despite lack of dialogue, despite how slow it is, despite literally being in the countryside, there's not much going on visually even, Mm -hmm. like there's not much movement happening, literally, except the trains and stuff. I actually... Because I was a little bit mm-hmm. because I think it's it there's not a lot of movement, yeah. But almost every image has a pretty strongly defined use of the foreground and the background. Oh yeah, and yes. characters are always moving, or if not moving, just like playing with the frame is always yes taking advantage of what's in the foreground. What's in the background, how those things like intersect, whether it's, a, you know, the horizon or it's the house and the two doors. I'm not saying that it's not visually intriguing, but rather mm-hmm. there's not much stimulus, especially yeah. compared to the films that are happening now. Do you know what I mean? Well, totally. yes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I'm trying to say is that I do think there's something so enjoyable about this film 
that you just enjoy the presence of the children so much and their personalities so much Mm -hmm. and who they are and how they interact with each other that I, I genuinely feel like of all the slow cinema that I could introduce the people in my life to, this would be one of the more enjoyable ones. Yeah, I agreed. would agree. And I also feel like hearing you hearing you say like to, to those people that it's slow. I mean, I'm always a little like in my brain, I always have a little bit of a hang up with slow because it's totally something that I used to levy against a film. And now I feel like most movies are too fast. Yeah, and I I tend to say patient, and I feel like this film mm-hmm. is really patient. Yeah, yeah and it, especially perfect. in those first like 20, 30 minutes, mm-hmm. it really settles you into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and, and it establishes this perspective. You know, children like children get bored obviously, and they're looking for stimulus, but they're they're looking for it in their environment, and it, it's not it's not the same kind of instant gratification that we experience today and that we have this reliance upon it's like the world around you can and is stimulating and it's it's Mm -hmm. it's a choice as -hmm. an adult to like embrace that and allow that and i think it's a choice to watch a film like that and to give in to that experience and that Mm -hmm. feeling of like but i i would argue that the movie isn't 100 percent from that perspective i don't think so either i'm just saying like it's messing around with perspective a uh-huh. lot, For which sure. is what I think like to me, I, I don't, I didn't view the experience as like the joys of life through the eyes of a kid. No. Yeah. That's yeah. No. Um, it's the I, joys I of very bees. much felt through a lot of it aware that I was watching a child mm-hmm. <laughs> period. um and i I think like the the way the movie i i don't feel um i don't i don't feel like the the film or or rather like that's a like a misread like i think the film is purposefully like setting you at some sort of distance it like it feels like it, it it's trying to get us to associate with the adults as well as the kids and view the whole thing. You, you, you know what I'm saying? I feel now that that distance and that kind of like 360 vision has to do with like how it's being remembered. Mm-hmm. Maybe. No, I buy that. I buy that. I didn't feel that watching it, but me neither. I buy that take. Um, I don't think I understand. I mean, <laughs> well, well it's, it's kind of like the like to kill a mockingbird. Like uh-huh. there's more there's more of an awareness than she would have had were mm-hmm. it like in the present because she's an adult. Mm-hmm. So she's still like remembering the experiences and like the emotions and what happened to her. Mm-hmm. But as an adult, she can kind of filter that mm-hmm. with her new awareness of the world mm-hmm. and of adults and of these things that she probably once took for granted. Does mm-hmm. that make, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You ever see After Sun? No. Oh, you should watch After Ooh. Sun. It's, it's, okay. it's comparable, right? To this. Yeah. It didn't make me think about it, but there are similar ideas for sure. In terms of what we aren't seeing about the adults. Um, yeah. And After mm. Sun is about a vacation between a daughter and a father. Mm-hmm. And um, 
It's really the great. daughter is older, remembering this vacation, mm-hmm. yeah. and um, something is not right with the dad, mm-hmm. and we don't know what it is, but we get little hints mm-hmm. in the same way that in this film, like, <laughs> I mean, I don't, maybe I missed something, but I was a little just like, what is going on with them? I don't know what the fuck is happening. Well, I'm sorry. Oh, no, I just, I don't really know what my thoughts are on the parents, and I think that's okay. Yeah. Like, I think them being just, I do think they represent something. Yeah. But I do think we're not necessarily, I don't know, like, I don't like thinking about them that much. Yeah, I don't feel like they're the point. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like they're a huge part of the analysis. But when I think about how I felt, I'm like, I did not care about them. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's fine. (laughs) Yeah, totally. So I find, I find the mother very interesting because the letter Yes. To a lover? Yes. Right. That guy French. who's in Nice. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, it, it, the film kind of begins... Well, the film begins with the film truck coming to town, to their small town in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of the kids are running in front of it. They're so excited. They're screaming, the film is coming, the film is coming, or the movie is coming. And um, they unload these canisters of film... And the kids are asking the the guy, the, either the driver or the 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 owner of the cinema, what's the film? What's the film? And he just keeps saying, "It's beautiful. It's the best film I've ever shown here. It's beautiful." Mm-hmm. And we find out it's Frankenstein. And there's this really cool scene where all the kids and a bunch of adults are sitting there watching Frankenstein projected in black and white, in Spanish, of course. Um, and the parents aren't there. The mother is at home writing a letter to her lover and we find the father out wherever he is. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Maybe you can illuminate that for me. Um, working with uh, bees. bees. I think that's their own property. Yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. that it's mm-hmm. on the, the yeah, they have later. The yeah. Isabella is wearing the beekeeper outfit. And uh-huh. then Anna plays oh, with right. the bees in yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. And oh, that's yeah. their home. Yeah. Oh, okay. And apparently they like got an interior designer to make it look like a beehive in there. For the-, <laughs> the windows are so beautiful. Yeah, yeah it's gorgeous. <laughs> it's, crazy. it's crazy. The windows are look like honeycomb. Especially yes. like when we see it at night, yeah. like at the end of the movie, the which I love that they like yeah. wait yeah. to show you that. So, um, well, you see it from a distance, but then it like really... Yeah. Oh, but I mean that last, of like, course. she's walking up mm-hmm. in the night, the moonlight's like pouring through. Oh, yeah. man. But, Eat um, that up. Yeah. So anyway, the parents aren't there. They aren't watching the movie. Um, I think the dad is, he seems a little like annoyed by it because he's trying to read and he's hearing it, but he's also intrigued. I, you know, moving pictures were, I don't know how prevalent they were in, in Spain. In pastoral Spain, <laughs> during the you know, in Catalan, first half of the twentieth uh, century. I don't know. Um, I think the mother is really interesting to me as her own entity, um, because I don't know. She kind of makes me. Maybe this is incorrect, but she makes me think about this like longing and desire, especially one to leave in a way. Yeah, Mm because like you think about the trains and when she's waiting, she's sending letters. Um, I I just think I don't 
I mean, I didn't think about it too much, but I do think she kind of represents this um, almost desire for escape. Yeah. That might die by the end of the, towards the end of the film, but, or alter in some way. But at the beginning, I do think that she does represent a, um, a sense of leaving yeah. or wanting to do that. Like freeing oneself. Yes, exactly. And a lot of that is due to her performance, which is really subtle. There's mm-hmm. just this like austere, quiet brooding mm-hmm. going on that I feel like I didn't even register until the movie kind of ended. Does she like, have any lines? Anna. She oh, okay. Anna. Yes. Um, and then she's talking to um, the Milagros. doctor. Okay, right, right. Okay. About it all Anna. centers on her child, though. Mm-hmm. Everything she says, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, except and, the letter. Yeah. Oh wait, is it, is, don't we get her voiceover too a little bit? Yeah, for the letter. Mm-hmm. Oh, for yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's it's like done in this real, like non-dramatic way mm-hmm. it's like yeah like bl- it feels you know it's blink and you miss it kind of thing mm-hmm. like if you're not paying attention you would could very easily just totally miss the fact that she like that there's an issue happening mm-hmm. um well, i mean i think it's like there's it's palpable that the parents there's a disconnect like a tremendous disconnect they have nothing to say to each other um, the dad only really interact, like speaks with the kids when they're alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also see later on in the film, um, this isn't a spoiler, but we see a picture of the dad, like an old picture in a scrapbook that Anna's looking through. And yeah. it says to and my, look just like... to my dear misanthrope mm-hmm. from yeah. the mom, which is like, that's funny, you know, quote unquote misanthrope. Yeah. I'm sure their relationship has been great. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But no, I I think you're totally right. I I felt during the movie, you know, um, just like when you know when it'd be their part, not frustrated, but a little like, fuck, they're so bored. They're just like walking around slowly and grabbing, and then we get to the kids, and I'm like, yes, they're bored. They're going <laughs> around and they don't know what to do. And with them, it's like there's just this like melancholy. Yeah. A melancholy. It's it. It's not like overt to me, mm-hmm. um, or melodramatic at all. But it's definitely there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like resigned. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is really really interesting. Which is really I I really love the way it it does it. It's it's like a like a sleep sleeper hit or something. Like <laughs> it hits you and then like later it seeps in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, really cool. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, there's, what? Well, we should, should we just, get into spoilers? Yeah, let's just talk about the film. Now. Okay, like, spoilers. <laughs> Frankenstein shows up! <laughs> oh, my God. That's the best part of the movie. Are you kidding me? When Frankenstein shows up, that's my favorite part. Holy shit. <laughs> if you are still listening and you haven't seen this movie, that's not a joke. France, Frankenstein shows up. And hangs out <laughs> with Anna a little bit, and it's awesome. They they basically recreate the scene from the original yeah. Frankenstein. It's really beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was like, how 
much of oh, the yeah, scene are no. they going to recreate? Yeah, that's valid. Because <laughs> um, they don't show the whole scene at the beginning of the movie um, where he throws her into the lake. Mm-hmm. Is that what happens? Yeah. 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 She dies. Yeah, he kills her. And, the, and, you know, later we see in Spirit of the Beehive uh, the guy carrying the girl's body into the village. So it's like we still know within the context of the film that the girl died, but in the film... They're like picking flowers and then like he throws her. He like tries to grab her in the same way. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, He didn't mean to kill her, though, which I think is very important. And that's where I think we see. I'm going to keep saying it. This rupture of innocence for both Mm -hmm. Frankenstein, for Anna. And I also sorry, I'm so excited. I think Isabel's character is very interesting. Mm -hmm. We have not talked about her yet. Yeah. She's very tricky. Mm-hmm. Can can she... I finish a point on Frankenstein? And sorry, then Isabel. Sorry. No, no, no. Sorry, it's okay. Um, with I felt when the man with the gun died, and she came to the that building and saw the blood and mm-hmm. things clicked. That she felt like Frankenstein. Yep. That Monster. she was like, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to do that. Mm-hmm. That she could simultaneously like feel like Frankenstein and be the little girl mm-hmm. and be both. Yeah. You you know what I mean? Did exactly. that track for you? Yes. Yeah. I felt that yes. way. That that was um the most emotional I felt, like in terms mm-hmm. of the like the sadness. Um I really felt for her then for, yeah. for her then. Like and Yeah, the soldier too. I mean, he was a loyalist soldier. So he was he was someone that the Francoist regime was trying to hunt down and kill. So she was helping him. Oh. That's yeah. okay. That's yeah. that's Makes what a I lot of sense. that's what I kind yeah, of thought. Yeah, he's like was a happening. rebel soldier kind of. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I I to me I thought he was just some like criminal like errant like yeah, dude well, just like all, escaping yeah. some shit. When all the People showed up in the town in those in the suits. I was like, "Those are fascists." Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, yes. that's, that's, yeah. Yes. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, go on about Isabel. Yeah. Isabel. Oh, Let's I do it. think she's so interesting, so interesting, yeah. and I think she's someone that, when talking about this film, could easily be avoided to talk about because she's so complex. Mm. I feel like she's more complex than Anna is in some way. I feel like for me, Anna is just so lovely, such just like so sweet. And, you know, at the beginning when she watches Frankenstein, despite him, her, the monster killing a little girl, she was worried about him. She was like, what happened to him? Do you know what I mean? Why did he do that? Where is he now? Uh-huh. Um, but Isabel is very like tricky. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I really want to. I don't know how I feel about her. That's why I want to talk about it. She's that yeah. like knowing older sister who yeah. gets to kind of like bring up her younger her younger sibling, but also like pull it over on yeah. her every once in a while. Yeah, I love her. I think she's so funny and she's so twisted. Yes, exactly. Um, and I mean, when she fakes her death, and then but that's the reactions like, in the crowd when that happened yeah we were i thought she was dead i thought yes. she was dead was, too yeah but I, I thought she was dead and also like all right she could have done a little better with that performance like i thought i believe she was dead and was ready to be like damn like come on she's like breathing and shit so when oh, you're literally <laughs> you know, the acting yeah, yeah literally the acting i was like get another do another one of this like well, she's was, fucking like 
I was like questioning. Well, that's the thing is I was like, wait, is that her eye moving? Please, please. I hope that's her yeah, eye moving, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, um, but, you know, when, when she turned out to be alive. But like, I feel like I've done that as a kid. Played dead. And just like tried to prank someone. Okay, but that was intricate. Like she was broke that was, the pot. That she was had very like yeah. She had the chair swinging to make it look like th- she had fallen or mm-hmm. something like that. She had the scream like there were. It was a whole production. Well, she waited for the sister to. I don't think it was all like I was like that. She was probably sitting on the chair, and just was like, "I'm gonna do it." <laughs> and fell off. Like I that she wasn't like, "I'm gonna move this chair. I'm gonna knock this pot, then scream, then you know." I don't know. I don't it was know. a I crime think... scene. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty. No, yeah. I really don't think so. I think like that kids don't think that way, man. Well, I'm sure it was spur of the moment, but yeah, like maybe she jumped off the chair or something like that. But still, mm-hmm. like there was, and then she waited for Anna to open the door again to check on her, and she mm-hmm. didn't move. Like I mean, there was thought there, and then jumped out and scared her. She yeah. strangled the wearing cat. the outfit. She okay, the, the strangling of the cat. And then she also um, told Anna that Frankenstein's monster lives in that. Like she, yeah. every every aspect of what Isabel says or does to Anna is somehow coded. Mm-hmm. It's not what Anna represents. It's something else. Yeah. Huh. yeah. Well, I, what I thought about her was like she. Well, she's just doing the same thing that Anna is doing. She's you know like she's alone with the cat. And she just starts choking it. Do you think oh. Anna would truly choke a cat, though? No, I don't think Anna would. Mm-hmm. But I think Isabella is a child left to her own devices and bored and just, like, doesn't even know why, but just starts choking the cat. And I guarantee, like, whether you remember it or not, you did some weird shit when you were a kid alone. Well, whether I... it was, like... Yeah. No, no, for sure. There's, I... there's To me, there's no, like, conscious anything to like or a plan or like she's just she's a little older and you and when you're this age you still have these like these impulsive things that you do just like how anna has these impulsivities about her where that she acts on you know isabelle is doing the same thing but they're darker and older and weirder the, the notion of a film we're only as viewers allowed to see certain things there's a finite mm-hmm. amount of things we're allowed to see, and yet we don't really see any other part of Isabel. Mm-hmm. We only see these moments. I'm not saying yeah. she's like a bad child at all. I don't think that's true. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering why her personality is not tempered with other things. Yeah. Well, I mean, there are the there are there are the moments where she's like There's mo- where she like giggles with Anna when they're drinking milk or something. Yeah. yeah. There are these moments of sisterhood. And of she course. tells yeah. their mom that she's still at school yes. when she goes to the well the second time. Yeah. yeah. I I think she seeing those as as mainly her like alone moments represents that mm-hmm. same darkening of innocence that we've been talking about mm-hmm. that's going through Anna. Because she's older. Yeah. She's been through what she's been through. Now she's yeah. a little darker and a little weirder and a, a little like, I'm going to choke the fucking cat. It's like I'm going to play dead. The inevitable progression of maturing. Yeah. Hmm. But she's still like a kid and Ooh, is yeah. has her nice moments and has her honest moments and her dark moments, just like mm-hmm. any child. You know? I think so, too. I think there is like a bit of a, like a, a manipulative streak in her that's notable. Like and, and she's toxic. I agree. She is toxic. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a reason we see that. Just 
that's a lot of of things to do like creating this story like scaring her sister i mean i guess older siblings do that like my older brother spooked me all the time but i don't i mean i didn't do that yes i did i absolutely you totally did dude i i see i didn't i think like but i never would have choked a cat thank you yeah (laughs) antonio would have choked a cat he has choked cats I I have not choked a cat as far as I can remember, but like, dude, I knew kids who would fucking like crush animals with rocks and shit. Not like so fucking dogs, but right. you know, like bugs. in the woods, yeah. bugs and Anna shit. Anna would never do that, but Isabel would. Yes. And I think that that's their, their contrast. And I think that that's uh, the polarity of the two of them. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that that Isabel is a, like a sociopath or something, but... Mm-hmm. There's definitely mm-hmm. like her her impulsiveness, as you said, is a little bit darker, and it, mm-hmm. like the the limits of it are wider. Yes, I don't see yeah. Anna ever maturing in any way, reaching those points at any point. Really? Yeah, I don't see Anna choking a cat as she gets older. I don't see Anna like if they have a little sibling. I don't see Anna tricking them then pretending she's dead. I just don't see that little girl doing that even as she gets older. I don't think that's part of her. Well, and I think wow, part of that cool. is that she knows what it feels like. She knows what it feels like mm-hmm. to think her sister is dead, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and that f- strange reality that she lives in for about two minutes, that she's never going to forget that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? I mean, I, I really believe those, the, the cat and the, and the trick. The cat and the trick. Dr. Seuss. Um, Sorry. Is still very much within the realm of like kid shit. Honestly, kid shit. Like playground, fucked up. I was reading, um, I was reading like these like behavior logs from when I was in like first or second grade of like every day how my behavior was. Um, I don't even know how did we did. Did you like, write had these this. logs yourself? No, or did like someone a teacher write them did. about you. A teacher okay. did. Okay. And there'd be like, you know, green flag, whatever, good, good. And there was one day that I got in trouble because I looked over a stall at someone peeing in the toilet in, in the bathroom. And I was like, <laughs> I can't fucking believe I did that. Like, why the hell did I do that? I do not think this is the same at all. Not at all. I think it is. I don't think so. I think it's like like I wasn't planning I wasn't trying to it like a expose a child. For you, though. you said you had all these green flags and then one thing. That's not a pattern. Also looking over a bathroom stall is not the same as choking a cat. But it's it's definitely like a transgression. I think there's a thing when it becomes a pattern, when it becomes a repetition. Hmm. But th- those are two instances. Outside well, there, of that, right? There were three. There was the tricking the Franken about Frankenstein, the playing dead. What the what's with the Frankenstein? And the cat. Again? The spirit. When she told her that Frankenstein's spirit lives in that house. He's not dead. That's oh. why Anna believed that she could find his spirit in that house. She convinced me. I thought she believed it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. I was, I was with I was, you. Yeah, I, I thought she was just playing. Yeah. And and to me, that I didn't read that as a manipulative thing. Oh, but I did. in in that instance, I get you. But with the again with the cat and the the whole thing. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I just i i don't i don't read it as like a. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I think she's impish, and I think she is like. 
you know, there's clearly a like a, a streak of like she gets excited about doing things that are a little wrong. Mm-hmm. But at, at the same time, she clearly loves her sister, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she is like, by and large, a good older sister. Yes. Um, and their bond is really compelling and really mm-hmm. and really complex because yeah. you know. She helps her, she hurts her. She helps her, she hurts her mm-hmm. in a way that feels very, like, loving and familial. Mm-hmm. But also, I'm wondering with um, what you said about the con- context of the film, well, what that represents That's what I in think. this society, like, in, in this Francoist. Yeah. I think that these instances were put on the screen for a reason, and only these were, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that Anna and Isabel definitely represent a relationship with each other, that is opposed, like an oppositional relationship. And I truly don't really know what Isabel would represent in those moments that she has, but I do think it's there on purpose. I do think she's there to represent something in her actions and her words. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Wow. What do you think that might be? I don't know. I don't fucking know. I don't know. But it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's. We'll have to watch it again, I guess. <laughs> That's the beauty of this You want to watch it again tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I just mean, like, I think, I, I just, like, go back to when I was just saying, like, you can't overanalyze anything. And now I'm like, no, you literally need to analyze this film. Like, you will get nowhere if you don't have context for this film, if you don't analyze it. Do you know mm. what I mean? Because it's so... It's an allegorical tale. Hmm. That's what it is. It's so funny because <laughs> you having said that before this, I was like, I'm just going to experience it and I'm just going to feel it. And we're going to end the film and I'm, I'm not going to try too hard to yeah. like, I'm just going to sit in it and yeah. let it let it stew. And then you said like the thing about it taking place in 1940 and the Francoist um, totalitarian allegory. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, Oh, yeah. you know. I mean, the first few times I saw it, I enjoyed it without knowing those things. So yeah. this yeah. film definitely stands alone is a phenomenal film. And you can but... feel all of that in the yeah. fiber yeah. of it. It's just, yes. it's, yeah, it's. Well, I mean, I, it, I think it just, it comes down to the old, you know, intention. Mm-hmm. The intention of the author. It's like, you can read anything not know what the fuck it's about and have a completely valid opinion of it Mm -hmm. that's not based in what the author was really trying to do like our experience with the film as just this kids as a fucking kids movie was was (laughs) great was 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 great and and was a valid experience and there's this other there's this completely other side of it that we could not be privy to that Mm -hmm is is just the is there for the for those who i think care to i do to eat the soup i grant everyone their experience fully and how they experience a film but i do think we should divorce experience from reading right so like the reading of this film without its context could be severely incorrect mm-hmm. as it is a specific allegory to parts of 1930s and 40s and into the 70s it mm. is a political film mm. so i do think like when i watched the film the first few times without really knowing anything about it those experiences were so valid how i felt all of that but i do think there is a way that you can incorrectly read something that makes me yeah. think about lolita the book yes exactly it's like yeah, i feel like it's straightforward so talk about <laughs> 
sorry. But no, I, I completely agree. And I feel like for me, uh, like to kind of split what you're both saying, not that I disagree or, you know, I agree with both of you, but I think... Well, I don't think we're disagreeing. No, we're no, disagreeing. I don't think so yeah. either. I don't think Relax, so either. Relax, dude. Um, anyway, um, I feel like with a film like this, where there's clearly something going on that I wasn't privy to, I can hear the ringing of it. I can feel its resonance, mm-hmm. but I'm not, it's not clear. It's just like, it's just felt. Yeah. And so when I learn about it, I'm like, oh, that's yeah. what that feeling was. That's yep. what that, mm-hmm. that like uh, additional ringing was. It's like mm-hmm. one of those uh, uh, bowls, those, um, you know what I'm talking about? This Tibetan those singing bowl. Tibetan singing bowls, exactly. Or well, singing bowl. <laughs> I think they don't have to be Tibetan. I think they could just be singing bowls. Yeah, singing bowls. Shout out to bowls. Tibet, man. Singing bowls. Free Tibet. <laughs> Free them. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's let's talk about the politics of it because I don't like. I, I think I said most of it, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just, I think that the history is I mean, not straightforward, but, mm-hmm. you know, it was a totalitarian state that began in World War II. Um, and. It's totalitarianism. You well, know? rather the the like how the the kids and the their relationship oh, plays into all like that. what they represent. Yeah, yeah. So I think Anna is like the she's so sweet. It's hard to say she's the rebellion against that, but it's the accessing of the spirit within what's happening, the okay. accessing of the selfhood, the personhood that is so repressed in totalitarianism. Whereas the father is the beekeeper, right? So mm-hmm. in my mind, he represents the dictatorship, to be honest. Oh. He represents fascism to me, like mm-hmm. in a very subtle way. And he's the one that keeps the bees, that he keeps them. He smokes them, right? He like stuns them with smoke. Mm-hmm. And they oper- obviously bees, it's quite cliche, but they just, they operate in a, a hive mind state where they have no individuality, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have Anna saying, I'm Anna, like soy Anna, soy Anna, mm-hmm. right? At the end. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah neat yeah that's how i think of it at least cool. well and also yeah. empathy yes absolutely like yes like, i mean that has to do with like like the self and personhood yes. but empathy like yeah she very much empathizes with frankenstein's monster when yeah. not a lot of people especially children would yeah, yeah. and and with all the those other kids are finds. just exactly covering their faces <laughs> uh-huh do you think that she thinks the soldier is the spirit that she's been looking for? I think so, yes. Okay, that's what I thought as well. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, if she buys the story, then... Yeah. Totally. Yeah. He finally presents himself to her. Yeah. Yeah. And he's and, and when he goes, you know, mm-hmm. when he's gone, too, it's, it's just like confirming it to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it's something she did, mm-hmm. yeah. she feels. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so heartbreaking. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's so interesting. I... I don't know too, too much about like the specifics of the Francoist regime. Mm-hmm. You know, I know generally that there was, you know, mass graves and like genocide and, um, there was also hyper Catholicism, right? Which yeah. is very present in the film. Yeah, is, yeah. Totally. Even when they're doing algorithms, like when they're doing their little math song, it ends with thinking the Holy Spirit. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not part of math. Yeah. <laughs> it's like okay. Yeah, that's true. So. Yeah. Uh huh. A return because I I, th- mm-hmm. I believe that b- before that period, Spain was like a a hub of liberalism and like things were changing, 
in a way similar to, I think, Iran pre-78 um, or whenever. Um, yeah. Yeah. What do you make of the scene uh, in the classroom, the eyes and the heart oh. and the lungs? Oh, Anna. I love that scene. Vision. I couldn't make sense of it, but. Wow. Well, the sense, but, you know. Mm-hmm. I just re- enjoyed the scene. I thought that was such a cute scene, to be honest. Yeah. Just like all the children, and she's like, Los Ojos. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> I mean, it's so kind sweet. of Frankenstein's monster. She's yeah, like, she's exactly. completing this, mm-hmm. like, amalgamation of parts with mm-hmm. its vision. Now it can see. Now it can see her, and she can, like, see through its eyes. The spirit. The spirit, the monster. Hmm. Don Don Juan, what was his name? Don Don Miguel. Don, Don Jose. Don Jose. The the um. Don Miguel I, was the doctor. I do agree. I do think he um the thing that they were putting the pieces of paper on. I do think he represents. I don't know if he represents anything specific. I haven't thought that deep into it. I'm sure he does, but definitely a callback to Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's so funny how much this film has to do with that movie this and that film story. Is so smart to me. Like yeah. it's so quiet and patient and subtle and amazing, but there's so much in it. Like yeah. when you really think about what these characters are doing, what they represent, literally every aspect of it is something. Yeah. Super textured. Yeah. 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 And I just love yeah, I love the Frankenstein metaphor. To me yeah. that like mm-hmm. cause I want to say this right. The, the that metaphor is so fun, um, and I love that he shows up. It's so fun that he shows up. Hmm. Um, in what could be a slog of a movie, this movie easily could be boring. Yes, I agree. <laughs> like, if not done well, yes. just like, oh my god, and to have like Frankenstein in the movie mm-hmm. is such a smart move of like. It's fun. It's fun. Like it's it's also very meaningful. But just the image of him, the the cartoonish yes. image, he's a monster and they like recreate him. It's just like okay, it's you just really can't not cool. be like well, enthralled and, by him. Yeah, and there's a I mean setting up with that scene what what scenes we see and like the narration we hear from the film, there is so much symmetry. And it all returns to all of that. Like every mm-hmm. shot that we see returns. Like we see it again with yeah. Anna and we see it again. The we train. hear the same um, like text that the dad hears while reading at the end mm-hmm. in front of the shot or where there are people running around behind those honeycomb windows mm-hmm. where you're finally like, oh, this is what it all means. You know? <laughs> Hold up. Am I crazy? Did you any of you read Frankenstein? No. Okay, I think that's a call back to the actual physical text of like the novel itself. Got it right there if you want. Okay, cuz it's a story and a story and a story. Mm. It's written actually like a reflection of, like it's a book, literally. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's what that reminds me of is literally the text of Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Wow. The film form, yeah. And, and and the movie is immediately r- recognizing its own status as a movie. Yes. Right from the get-go. Yes. They're seeing a movie, and then the kids are talking about movies in, you know, in the bedroom mm-hmm. about how there's something about movies or it's all tricks. 
it's all fake mm-hmm. what they do in movies none of it's real yeah um which i love i lo- that's also that takes some guts as like a filmmaker to have a line like that because yeah. then because then i kind of crossed my arms and i was like all right well let's you know and then to just like completely get me in and believe everything mm-hmm. that was happening after after the, him saying like this is not real mm-hmm. this is a trick but Frankenstein's going to show up and you're going to buy it. I actually want to talk about that scene more and talk about imagination. Okay. Like what, like, cause when we were doing the intro, you were talking about what you know about the film and you said imagination. Mm-hmm. Do you still see that in this film? Like um, what do you think that the, the Frankenstein's monster with Anna, do you think that's her imagination? Like what role do you think that plays? I don't know, man. I mean, I was very firmly like no on the imagination thing. Mm-hmm. He shows up. I, I, I really viewed the scene as just like like a just a poetic little flourish of you know what I mean? Just mm, symbolism and yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't. Of course, I wasn't like, where'd he come from? <laughs> you know, like, where'd he come from? What, where, is he going to come back? You know? I know that much. When the scene ended and she and we, they found her and everything, and I was like, yeah, like, it wasn't real. So it you wasn't think it real. was just a callback to the beginning in a way? Yeah, it's okay. it's like, it's, it's, you think it's, she to ate me, a it's, hallucinogenic mushroom? Yeah, she, <laughs> she ate a shrimp and trapped. <laughs> no, it, it, it was, it was like. It works because, again, the movie's already saying, like, the, the, the movie has already established that the rules can be toyed with in movies. Mm-hmm. That, like, th- we're not going to sell you reality with a capital R mm-hmm. for, the, for the entirety of this movie. So when he shows up, it's like, well, yeah, he can show up. This is the gift you promised. The gift? <laughs> like, the, that, from that line. Yeah, in a way, in a way. And, and like, the film clearly has such a strong relation to, to Frankenstein as a symbol. It felt like, yeah, if you're going to, if you're going to deal with this symbol in a, in a more overt way, this is the way to do it. Mm-hmm. Have yeah. him show up. I was yeah. just like astounded by the like, oh, I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you went that far. And then also like. It was like have your cake and eat it too. He's mm-hmm. gonna show up and then where he's he's gonna leave and like it's just like because it's it's not exactly a dream sequence, you know. Mm. Kind of is. It feels kinda very isn't. rooted in reality. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I loved it. I I loved it formally. I loved like the streaks of light on the water behind them. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of Night of the Hunter. Have you seen that? No, dude. Oh man, there's some. Oh man, we got to watch that. And that that's a great movie with kids too, about the perspective of kids. Um, but a lot of the moonlight stuff reminded me of that movie. Well, um either way. I just that was gorgeous. I'm thinking now about how the reason it changes is I think I think maybe for me that scene is when Anna sees herself for the mm-hmm. first. Well, of course, because she's looking at her reflection and she sees Frankenstein's monster. Yes, it literally dude. transforms. Oh, yes. oh my goodness, yes. of course. Yes. And then he comes over and the reason he doesn't kill her is because 
it's her. Yeah. She yeah. is the monster. And yes. she's looking at it and realizing that. And it's so interesting that it comes right after she's staring at the mushroom because I think that that's her contemplating her mortality, right? Yes. Like, do I eat this and just mm-hmm. nip this in the bud right as soon as I'm starting to see things for what they are? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she realizes, like, this is who I am. Yeah. And she doesn't. Yeah. And I don't well, what know. I, what I, I love know. about that about the scene too is that um you know she sees the reflection and her face transforms into Frankenstein's face and it's clearly drawing the comparison in a pretty obvious way. And if you left it at that, it would be cool but a little like okay, obvious. I see what you're doing. But to have him come in and for her to be afraid of him and for her to for him to grab her and to like continue a fleshed out scene complicating this dynamic between her and this symbol Mm -hmm. is what makes it like what fills it out and doesn't Mm -hmm. just leave it as like she is the monster man absolutely it's like she's afraid of this how does she feel about feeling connected to this fictional character that has killed and was killed you know Mm -hmm. yeah did either of you see spencer with Kristen stewart no. I'll say no. I wa- I went to the theater and watched it fell asleep for oh. the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. I mean, I had some issues with it. And my primary issue with it is that it keeps drawing this comparison between her and Anne Boleyn. Uh-huh. And it feels super heavy-handed. And it, like, mm-hmm. keeps happening. And ultimately, you see her in this dress that we've seen Anne Boleyn in. And it's just like... It's doing this in such an unsatisfying way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's like, look, boom, parallel. Yeah. But yeah. not commenting on it. There's no, like, I mean, she, she is afraid of, of that comparison, which is why it's happening to her in the film. But it doesn't contend with it, really. Like, this yeah. film, it's, it's like the first half of that scene. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know how to explain that. No, I got you. It just reminded me of it. I'm totally with you. Um... Yeah, wow. I love this movie. Yeah, cool. The more we Too. talk about awesome it, the movie. more I'm like, wow. It's so good. <laughs> All right. Well, what we typically... ranking is this one, by the way? Tell me. What ranking is this one? I don't even know. This is um 88. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, roughly. Got it. Um, I don't think so. Episode 15, right? Yeah. So 15th, but there are ties. But I don't think it's 88. I think it's past. Oh. It's like maybe 82 okay. or 84. We'll, like we'll check right okay. now. But yeah, we, we typically... That's the perfect segue because we end the episode with talking about its placement on the list. How do we feel about it? Just as a little capstone. 85. 85. Cool. Works for me personally. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Sounds good. Like, put it on the list. Yeah. I, I think so too. It's so funny that I've never heard of it. I mean, all the, all the films that are on this list that I've never heard of, I'm, I'm like, why haven't I heard about this? Yeah. Because um, clearly, you know, people know. Yeah. Um, enough people have been influenced by this film. But yeah, it's really special. It's really special. It is special. I don't think I know a lot of people that have seen this movie either, to be honest. Yeah. I feel like it's one of the more not underappreciated but like little known like it's mm-hmm. one that people i maybe because it's about children mm-hmm. i don't know and i feel like spanish film is not very yeah yeah besides outside of almodovar 
and it's like, well, even yeah. then like it, like those guys typically get like they're of course like beloved directors yeah. but in our circles it's like the the art house directors or whatever who are going to make it into conversations with people that i know typically are like bergman tarkovsky uh I don't know. You you know what I mean? Like yeah. the big the big, the big ones. ones. That's a yeah. step further than the one the conversations I'm having. But oh really? Oh yeah. well, no no. I'm <laughs> I'm le- like if we're talking about art house, mm-hmm. people are gonna usually bring those people up. Yes, like, I just wonder why this one's overlooked though. I feel like yeah. it is. Oh, it totally. Yeah. Well, I think it's it's a little harder because, um. I th- I think we love like directors and we love mm-hmm. bodies of work mm-hmm. and this director like I don't know any other movie by him mm-hmm. I don't know anything about his career mm-hmm. um, it's like I think people enjoy like tracking like following Bergman's career mm-hmm. is is part of why his movies are so interesting yeah is like how they've changed and how they yeah play against each other and this is a movie that is that feels very like standing alone Mm -hmm. in its own thing yes um which is just a special yeah um and i i think i may be wrong but i think not a lot of films were being produced in spain during this time period because of the regime Mm -hmm. because there was so much censorship yeah. So this is one of the very few movies that managed to skirt around censors as mm-hmm. well. So I do think, like, you think about different nations that, like, we don't know that many films from this nation. Maybe because the nation just wasn't really producing. They didn't have yeah, a huge... Of course. Yeah, so... Totally. So I think there's just a lack of emphasis on older Spanish movies in general. Yeah. Well, it kind of makes me think about Kiarostami. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's more well-known, but, like... He I has feel childhood like, films. What? Well, sure, and also I feel like he's he's one of those people who I I would imagine would be more a part of the conversation. Oh, with, totally. But he's not. He's overlooked. And I think I, I think he's he's definitely had a bit of a. Oh, I mean, he's absolutely, not like no, absolutely. I completely agree. I mean, he's had like he's yeah. No, close no. up is one of those like. Art house film bro movies for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He still still doesn't feel like he's as much a part of like the lexicon. I think I think Kiarostami isn't. I think close up is. I agree with that as well. I think Kiarostami as like mm. a whole probably isn't. Yeah. But yeah. Well, I mean, but the reason I bring that up is because this film might have struggled to be seen like yeah. it might it, it says it was re-released in the u.s in 2007 and i'm yes. wondering if maybe that was the first time it yes. was really seen in, in the u.s like yeah, black yeah. girl how it wasn't really seen yep. outside of um senegal for a long time mm-hmm. or france um yeah but we, even there it wasn't I mean, widespread it's it's the the irony of of these like of these movies because you know, I I don't want to like speak ill of Bergman. Of course, I, I love, I enjoy a lot of Bergman's movies, and like they're personal, artistic movies, and um, I'm so glad they're canonized, and I'm so glad like people are appreciating them. Mm-hmm. But there's just simply a lot of movies 
that are completely swept under the rug due to like whether it's you know the political circumstance of the country that the movie came from or if it's like Bergman was just famous for doing his thing and he was known for that and he built a career off doing that and other people probably weren't given the same opportunities as someone like he was um and you know no shade to Bergman just he's he's the big one that's why I'm using him as an example but uh-huh. um it's it's a shame so I'm I'm very happy to see this movie on the list and see it like me too shown some love and um because we wouldn't have watched it if, if it wasn't on the list. Absolutely not. We would not have watched it. It's on the list and we watched it. So Yeah. Um, yeah. Love it. And I think it's the first Spanish movie we've seen on the list for sure. That's true. And yeah. probably the last. I mean. <laughs> Might be. Like. Yeah. We'll see. I don't know. That's crazy. Okay. We know. Yeah. Boonwell. Yeah. I was going to say there has to be a Boonwell film on there. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, um, yeah, awesome, awesome film. So um, happy it's on this list, and so happy that it will be documented and recorded, and people can continue to watch it. Yeah, man, check totally. this out. Check Kamala, this out. thank you so much for thank coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I how enjoyed d- how this did it immensely. Go? How do you feel? I feel <laughs> similar to how I did before, but a happier <laughs> person now. Good, good. Awesome. Well, well, see you next time, Kamala. Yeah, dude, you definitely got to come back. And you have to give us an answer whether or not you're going to right now. On the air. I just won't watch the film beforehand. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but no, we would have watched this and been like, had no idea. And had no idea. So this has been a great conversation. Um, and uh, Thanks for listening. We'll, we'll wait for the final battle of Beau Travai Oh. In- <laughs> What if I end up loving it and you guys end up hating it? I've already seen it. Who knows? It could always change. I've seen it twice. Me too. Well, I'm going to make him read uh, Billy Bud before we watch it again, so you can too. Oh, I'm so down. Let's do it. All right. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure. All right. Sayonara. Bye. Bye.